God. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. I want you to understand it. It's a mystery. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. To these people, it's a mystery. It's a mystery. Because it is given unto you. Read on to know the mystery. Mystery, even a mystery. Hit the ages through history. Generations, but now is made manifest to his saints, the nation. Victory. You're listening to, listening to, to mysteries. Now, since mysteries of the Bible has been on the air, uh, our main goal was to establish truth according to God. Welcome to Mysteries of the Bible, where the truth is told. I am your host, Mr. Powers, and I would like to introduce my co-host. St. James, how you doing, Mr. Powers, this evening? I'm doing great. How are you? It's been a, it's been a while since we've been on the air, but, um, you know, right. a, lot, a lot going on. But, um, so much going on. So much going on. You know what? Not not a lot. Uh, it's an innumerable <laughs> number of things going on. Uh, yeah. St. James, and um, definitely a lot that will not be, we will not be able to cover in this episode, but um, it's a lot that's coming down the line that... um. The people of God need to know. Uh, mm-hmm. St. James, there's so much that we need to talk about, which we'll we'll talk about a, a little bit at the end of the show, as far as uh, the direction that we're going, the direction that God has us going, um, because our job is always to inform the people of what's coming, um, because this is how they're going to know and have the evidence that God is with us and with the nation of Israel, with the information that has been given to us by the God's and Comforter. Holy Apostle and Chief High Priest tells Doctor. So, um, yeah, welcome to another show of Mysteries of the Bible. That's right. Welcome. So, um, we have a lot to talk about. We're gonna end off season two with a with a nice banger. There's a lot of things that we touched on. Uh, St. James, uh, I'll definitely mm-hmm. let you come in on that. Uh, we was, you know, we have a goal. Uh, St. James, when we are teaching and having these episodes, um. And there's a goal that we have in place, again, according to the way we've been taught. And basically, we've been letting the world know, first of all, that we have the truth, because there's no way that the things that we're teaching you is not going to define that we have the truth, but it's going to show right. evidence that we have the truth and that the world doesn't. The world that claims that knows Jesus, the, the world that claims that the truth is in these churches, they're going to find out by listening to us that they don't have the truth. St. James. Right. Right. They have they have not heard a single ha. No, just the word ha, love Jesus ha. You never heard none right. of that on this show. Right, it's just right. straight scripture, and that's the only way you can do that. Like you said, it's the wonderful Mr. Powers. The only way that's even possible is if you've been taught to the Holy Spirit. That's right. Cheers. That's right. Holy God's and comfortable apostle and chief high priest. That's back here. And one of the things very well said, uh, Saint James. One of the things that um. The God's and Comfort, Holy Apostle and Chief High Priest, Tazdakia, always taught us is when when he would give us these this, this breakdowns and these understandings that um when we go out and teach this, he said this is this is the evidence that the world will know that we have been with Jesus because only right. through Jesus will this information be revealed, which is mysteries of the Bible. How beautiful the Holy God's and Comfort has labeled uh, the original name of the cable show going back into the early 2000s. Mysteries of the Bible, because only to us it is given the mysteries of the Bible, not to the world. To the world, it is not given. Mm-hmm. St. James. So. Yes, sir. So, yeah, we have All a right. lot to talk about. We, um, go ahead. I'm sorry, St. James. What you were going to say? I was going to say this. That just write that. So, right, so what are we getting into today, though? Because there's there's a lot that's coming. So we'll keep the excitement up. But what for today are we trying to get into, sir? Yeah, so we want to we end the season off with, with letting everybody know 
basically summarize why we went through certain things throughout the season. So certain things that we went into, um, like the road to salvation and mm-hmm. letting you know that there's a road that you have to take in order for you to be saved. Okay, there's a road that you and a path that you have to take. And that path and that road is only known through revelation through Jesus Christ. How are you going to get to that path of salvation? And we spoke right. about that. We spoke about baptism and what it is to be truly baptized and how water baptism was symbolic to represent that true baptism, which is the washing of the water by the word, was was going to clean you up. Now, why are we teaching these things? Why are we teaching you that you have to be cleaned up? Why are we teaching that there has to be a road to salvation? Why are we teaching that um, um, about the grace of God, St. James? Why are we teaching that you, in order right. for you to be saved, you have to save yourself? Why are we teaching these things, St. James, to the people out there? Yeah, it's because that's the only way, right? That's the only way. If they, Remember, the goal for everyone going to church, supposedly, is to make it to heaven. Right. Well, the point is that there's only one path. And it's so beautiful how it's described and how we learn and was taught from the Holy Ghost and Comfort Holy Apostle and Kirby's Tazadak, Doctor, how that road, how that pathway. Some people think about this pathway like it's a real big pathway, like it's wide right. <laughs> and it's short. But no, he said, he said it's so small that there's only one person can get there at a time, but not like, not like, all right, yeah, I'm walking on the sidewalk and no, no, you got to picture it like you on one of those, uh, what's the word, like a, a high rope? Um, a high rope, yeah. Uh, nah, that's not what you call it, though. Um Damn, you know that's when when words escape you, but you know like the the on the circus acts and the daredevils, yep. right? Where they get oh, they yeah. one put in front of the other, and they got the wire that's stretched out between the big old canyon, and they got the big exactly. pole, and they're holding it, and it's like one oh, foot yeah. in front of the other, and yep. it's so dangerous to look on one side or the other. You have death right. only if you oh, stay yeah. on the path, and this is the path that straight gate is right. right church of God and Jesus Christ. There we go. And on one side you have. The water, which representing the destruction of the flood. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side, so you have the fire, which is getting ready to come. The two greatest judgments. One already happened and one that's coming. So it's like it's pretty much explained because that's actually a scripture uh yep. an understanding given in the apocrypha in the book of Ezra. Um that and one day, you know, Lord if it be the Lord's will, we'll 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 speak about that. But it is pretty much showing you that. The basic, the point is, if whichever way you go, if you mess up, you're finished. <laughs> right. It's only one path, and that path is so tight. Mm-hmm. In, in the scriptures in the New Testament, it tells you how people are pressing towards the mark, pressing right. Right. to get to the kingdom. So this is why we pretty much um, urging everybody um, and letting them know that listen, we approaching that time. We 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 spoke we have spoken about um, that generation. That the scriptures speak about that will be alive and they see certain things happening, certain events happening, certain prophecies being fulfilled that will let them know that this is the generation that will not pass until all be fulfilled. Guess what? This is the generation. We're in that time. Okay. This is the time where we're leading to the end. Everything you see happening, the evils that's increasing heavily on the planet Earth, St. James, I mean, I, I, mm-hmm. I mean, people, people see it and then what they're seeing. St. James is not even a quarter. It's not even a tenth of the evil that is going on on this planet Earth. They have, St. James, no idea. And they're seeing some evil. Right. <laughs> okay. Right. They are seeing some evil, but the, the, the amount of evil that's on this planet Earth, you can't even come, you can't even fathom it, St. James. There's so much it, evil going on on the planet Earth. Right. It's, it's the worst time ever. 
ever <laughs> ever <laughs> and, and and it's so easy why because we understand that people who are evil that they're going to continue to be evil is what they're going to be they're going to wax worse and worse, and worse. until right. good something good comes in to stop that evil and negativity so that's why right. we are here in mystery of the bible to show you that that straight gate to show you what's good according to the word of god which ultimately is our lord king and savior jesus christ this is the only way make it and the only way you're going to be on that path is with the knowledge of him he made that sacrifice that perfect sacrifice to give us that opportunity right so now what do we got to do we got to make sure that we are doing everything right and even something that as basic as what his name is right mr right. powers <laughs> yeah man, this is what we're getting ready to go into because in just like we mentioned the road to salvation the baptism the grace of god saving yourself but in order for you to be saved Mm-hmm. You have to know how to call on God, and that's the scripture we want to go into. What's the topic? Let's go to Romans chapter ten, verse thirteen, uh, Saint James. Yeah. And the topic of today's class is the episode is the name above every name. Mm. Now, some people, some people might be like, "What does that mean?" There's a name that is above every name. Now, why is that important? Why is that something that, as a believer of God, you must know? You must understand because knowing God's knowing God's name is going to allow you to call on him so you can be saved. Wow. Why do you need that? <laughs> exactly. Wow. Saints. Why do you need that? Because we're getting ready to go into a time that if you can't call upon the name of God, you will be in some serious trouble. And the only finished. way you can you can be finished. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mr. Powers. I'm sorry. Thank you. Yeah, you're going to be finished. You're going to be finished. You're right. St. James, you're going to be finished and you're going to think that you're doing the right thing. And then in actuality, what you're going to be doing is taking the mark of the beast. And once you take that mark of the beast, you're done. So again, this is why it's so important that we end this season with the name above every name. What name is that? You're going to find out. Um, so let's go to Romans chapter 13, 10, verse 13. And let's establish or get us what God said concerning his name. Ready whenever you are, sir. Let's go for it. Romans chapter 10, verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Read that again. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right. So whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So let's address whosoever before somebody starts saying, see, whosoever means anybody. Yeah, the whosoever (laughs) is talking about. Amongst the children of Israel, okay, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So that's not talking about everybody. That's not talking about every nationality, um, every race, every religion. No, it's talking about the people of God. How do we know that? Let's hold that and let's go to Acts chapter two, verse twenty-one, real quick. And let's just show you that the whosoever is referring to in the context of who the Bible is for, <laughs> the people of God. And again, this is Paul speaking in the book of Romans. To the Israelites that was in Rome. But we know that that scripture applies to what? All believers. Acts chapter 2 and verse 21, please. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord. Stop. See, so it's basically saying the same thing that it's saying in Romans chapter 10, verse 13. Who shall call upon the name of the Lord? Now, who's the who? Who's the whosoever that shall call upon the name of the Lord that's going to be saved? Read on. Shall be saved. 
Ye men of Israel. We what? Ye men of Israel. Ye men of Israel. You see that how it's bringing it back to the children of Israel. Ye men of Israel. Now, why is it saying ye men of Israel? Read on. Hear these words. Oh, wait a minute. Stop right there. St. <laughs> <laughs> James, ye men of Israel. Hear these words. When it says men of Israel, it's including the women because it represents the whole nation. Without, without the women, there is no men. Without the men, there is no women because that comprises of the whole nation of Israel. So, it says, ye men of Israel, hear ye these words. Is that saying everybody, St. James? It, it's um, No, sir. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how you can interpret it that way. Let's read it again from the top. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. No, no, let's hear it from the top. Wait, verse 21. Right. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So let's see that whosoever is identified. Read on. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. So whosoever amongst the children of Israel that take heed to those words and call upon the name of the Lord, they are going to be saved. So we just want to make sure that we clear that up, that it's not referring to all people on the planet Earth, because the word of God is not designed for everybody. It's designed for the salvation of God's people. Let's go back to uh, Romans chapter 10 and verse 13. And if anybody has an issue with that, then we're more than welcome to accept emails to see if you can try to debunk what we're saying, but you won't be able to. <laughs> right. And, and and we already have made it clear. And, and just in case anyone was listening for the first time, right, is that it, being an Israelite has nothing to do with the color of your skin, the shape of your body or any of that. Right. It has to do with your ability to hear and understand God's word. Exactly. And are you of the nation of God? That's period. Right. Right. We understand that. So before anyone says, you guys are big. No, listen, (laughs) we 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 are all shapes, sizes, the colors coming out of every nation that's under heaven. But that's right. Point is that we are all believers. That's right. That's right. That's right. You're all Israelites. That's how how do you know that? By the spirit, the spirit will let you know if you're an Israelite and you do have to be of the seed of Abraham. But again, that's by the spirit. You'll know whether or not you're of the lost tribes of the nation of Israel, the 12 lost tribes of the nation of Israel. So let's go back to um, Romans chapter 10, verse 13. So we established that. Now let's go ahead and look at this now. Chapter 10, verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Read on. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? Look at that. How are you going to call on him in who you have not believed? So in other words, how are you going to call on him? Unless you believed in him. In order for you to believe in him, you have to know him, St. James. Right. Now, you can't claim you know somebody, but yeah, you don't know that person's <laughs> name. Like, how is that even possible? Right. Yeah, I know such and such. Yeah, you know me. Well, how come you don't know my name? <laughs> yeah, right. I know you. No, no, you don't know me. What's my name? Like, that's the first thing when somebody introduces himself to you is, you know, that individual's name. And why is that important, St. James? Because in order for you to receive salvation and to call on him, you have to know his name. Yes, sir. A lot of and people then, don't... Go ahead. No, I'm sorry, sir. I'm going to cut you off for that. That, no, that's, that. That's just another perfect example of how something so basic and that should be so common sense is completely missed. So mysteries of the Bible. You know, right. This could be even a, did you know that? <laughs> it's like, look, know that. It's like, can you believe that something as basic as that is in order for you to call upon somebody, you got to know who you're calling on. Exactly. 
Or they're going to come back and say, we do know. Um, some people are going to say, well, yeah, we, we call on the name of Jesus Christ. But guess what? You're going to find out Jesus Christ is a title. Mm-hmm. That's not his name. Wow. That's not his name. And we're going to show you that. Ah, how you know that's not his name? How you know that's not the name that's to be called upon? Because you're going to see that throughout the Bible, other people have the same name. <laughs> mm. So how can that be the name to call upon? Well, it says call upon the name of the Lord. Well, this, that's why the title of uh, the topic of the show is called the name above every name because right. if there's a name that's above every name that means that name nobody has it so if nobody has that name how can the name be jesus which we're gonna go into because jesus is throughout the is throughout the scriptures right when you look at what jesus is it's translation into the greek form and then eventually into the english form of joshua which we're going to get into. But again, in order for you to call upon the name of the Lord, in order for you to be saved, you have to call upon his name. What is his name? You got people saying that they know the name of God. And they're saying that they think they know God. Another thing, another mystery that they're not, that they're going to find out today, that they don't know God. They don't know who God is. They thought, or they thought they knew who God is in these churches. And we're going to even give you that even in the scriptures, they thought they knew God, but they didn't know who God is. Because they're going to find out who he is. <laughs> so, again, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So, what is that name that you have to call upon to be saved? Um, some people are going to say, well, it's Elohim. Well, nope, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> some people are going to say it's Adonai. Uh, no, you got it wrong. <laughs> some people are going to say it's Jehovah. Sorry, buddy. Right. Yeah. Um. And I, I was trying to get it, but um, but it's it's it's, it's well, if we get a chance, we'll bring it at another later date. But uh, Jehovah's based off of a mistake. That's a fact. I was trying to get the the actual definition of it, but I didn't get time. But Jehovah is based upon a mistake. That name alone, that can't be the name of God, because in order for you to call upon His name, you have to know the ancient Hebrew. Mm-hmm. And and if we just if you just strip away Jehovah, J, you have E, you have O, okay, that's not part of God's name. Okay, then you have people say, well, it's Yahweh. Nah, sorry, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Yahweh, you got it wrong. Right. What is the name that is above all names? Let's read Romans 10, 13 again, please. And then from there, we're going to go to um, Philippians. Go ahead. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right, so whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So what is that name that you're going to call upon? That's the name that's above all names. How do you know that there's a name that's above all names? Let's go to Philippians chapter 2. And I purposely want to start at 9. If we have a chance, we'll go back to 5. But um, I definitely want to start at 9. Yes, sir. Philippians chapter 2, verse 9. When you get it, you can read it. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him. Okay. Where God the Father have highly, see how I said God the Father, St. James? That's going to come back for everybody mm-hmm. that's listening. God the Father. For God the Father, read on. Also hath highly exalted him. Have highly exalted who? Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, if his name is not Jesus Christ, then why are you saying Jesus Christ? Because that. That title was to identify the purpose of why he came on the earth, St. James, which was to be a savior, the anointed savior of who? The children of Israel. To be that mediator between God the Father and the children of Israel. 
God the Father have highly exalted him, Jesus Christ, read on. And given him a name. And given him a what? A name. So he has a name. See that? So he's saying you know that that name, Jesus Christ, which is the title. Another name for Jesus Christ is Emmanuel, meaning God is with us. So which one is it? Is it Jesus Christ? Is it Emmanuel? Which one? Those are all titles. Okay. Isaiah 9 and 6 tells you a lot of the titles that Christ has. Everlasting for the Prince of Peace. Mm-hmm. The Everlasting Father. The Prince of Peace. He has a lot of titles. But what is his name? Has given him a name above, read on. Which is above every name. So read it again, please, from the top. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. So God gave him a name above every name. What is that name that is above every name? Read on. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. So now it says the name of Jesus. But now, so now why is it saying the name of Jesus? Because the name of Jesus, remember, Jesus is a title. That was his name on the earth when he manifested in the flesh to represent the purpose of why he came. Okay. He said, to this end was I born. He came to what? So he could die for the children of Israel. So the reason why I'm saying the name of Jesus is because it's identifying who that individual is. That he's known by Jesus Christ. But that is not the name that is above every name. Now, how do we know that that's not the name that's above every name? Let's hold that right there. Because if that name that is above every name, no one would have that name, St. James. Right. Because he had, and he also, why? Not, why also? Let's, let's just, I'm going ahead of myself, but it's, I'm doing it for a reason. Let's jump to Revelation 9 and 12 real quick. I want to get to a point, and then we're going to start going to some other scriptures to show you that that name Jesus cannot be the name that's above every name, but a title. And this scripture is going to let us know why. Revelation chapter 19, verse 12. Let's read that. 19. What is that name that's above all names? The name above every name. Yes, so I'm going to be ready. Revelation 19, verse 12 is getting ready to give us some insight on that. Um, read verse 11 so we could just show that it's Jesus Christ and just read it straight through. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. Read on. And in right. And in righteousness, he doth judge and make war. So that right there, verse 11, is describing the second coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we read that to show you that the one that's going to appear out of heaven on the white horse is referring to who? Jesus Christ. That is the second coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Read on. His eyes were as a flame of fire. Yeah, because it's represented that the eyes is where the spirit is at. So we saw that he's, he's at his, his spirit was on fire. Okay. Read on. And on his head were many crowns. Again, it represents he's the king of kings. Another title. See that, St. James? That's another title. Right. King of kings. So on his head were many crowns because he's the king of kings. Read on. And he had a name written. See that? And he had a name written. Jesus Christ had a name written. So this name was written. This name that he had was written. But what was written? But the name that was written. What about this name? Read on. That no man knew. See that? Read it again. 
that no man knew. He had a name written somewhere that no one knew. That no man knew. Read on. But he himself. You see that? There was a name that was written that no man knew. What is that name that was written that no one knew? Now, can that be the same name that's above every name, St. James? Mm. Seems very much so because no one knew that that was his name. Can it right. be Jesus? No, it can't be Jesus because everybody knows him as Jesus the Christ. Can Jesus Christ be the name that's above every name? No, it can't. How do we know that? I mentioned it earlier. You had other people that had the same name. Like I mentioned, Jesus is the Greek translation. Remember, it went from Hebrew to Greek, from Greek to Latin, Latin to English. And that's how Jesus came about. But that's the Greek form. It started going into the Greek form, into the Latin form of Joshua. Now, how do you know that to be true? Okay. If Jesus is the name that's above every name, then is there other places in the Bible that give you that name? And if there's other people in the Bible that have that same name, St. James, then that's not the name that's above every name. Can't be. Right. Okay. How could it be? How could it be? Let's go into the Apocrypha. And St. James, I love how you always give us the understanding of what the Apocrypha means. So I'll let you uh, intervene and give us the understanding of what the Apocrypha is and what it represents and, what, and why is it important to the scriptures. Yes, it'd be my pleasure. Again, the Apocrypha is 14 books that were taken out of the original King James Version of the Holy Bible. It absolutely is the unadulterated word of God. And we know that for a number of reasons, but most importantly, because we know that there is a high holy day that our Lord, King and Savior, Jesus Christ celebrated himself. And the history of that high holy day is only found within the books of the Apocrypha. That's right. And Apocrypha means also what? Hidden books. Hidden books. And this was books that was removed by the devil because it had so much information that was clear concerning certain things, concerning certain events, concerning certain prophecies. And people might say, well, why did God allow that? The fact that God told us it was going to happen, let us know that it was going to happen. That's how he allowed it. It fulfills God's word. Let you know that people was going to be taking stuff out. God told us that that was going to happen. But he also still preserved his book because he's God and he could do that. You could still find Bibles like the one I have on me right now, which is a Cambridge Bible that has the Apocrypha in it. So it has all 80 books, St. James. So very well said. So let's go to um, Ecclesiasticus. <clears throat> and we're going to jump a bit here. <clears throat> and we're going to talk about famous men. So let's start at Ecclesiasticus 44. <clears throat> Excuse me. And let's read verse 1. And then we're going to jump. All right. 44 and verse 1. Got it, sir. Go ahead. Let us now praise famous men. Let us now praise famous men. So again, um... <clears throat> Just want everybody to know that the book of Ecclesiasticus predates the birth of Christ. Okay. Mm. It predates the birth of Christ. This is this was hundreds and hundreds of years <laughs> way before Christ was born. <laughs> right. So um so everybody could get an understanding <clears throat> where we're coming from. <clears throat> so um let's read that again, please. Let us uh, Ecclesiasticus chapter forty four and verse one. Let us now praise famous men. Let us now praise famous men, right? One of the men that we're going to praise is somebody that's very well known. 
Let's go to the beginning of the book of Ecclesiasticus and let's just prove it right there without a shadow of a doubt. I, I just realized that that was there. Um, <laughs> right, I, was, I was like, ask me, want me to read the title? <laughs> yeah, let's read the title of the book. Okay, this was written by an Israelite, uh, a man of God. And let's find out what his name was. Remember, again, like I said, the book of Ecclesiasticus was known as the book of Ecclesiasticus predates Christ by hundreds of years. Okay, wait, this is way before the New Testament time. Let's read the beginning of the book. The, the wisdom, the wisdom of Jesus, the son of Sirach. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What does it say right there? Read it again. The wisdom of Jesus, the son of Sirach. The wisdom of Jesus, the son of Sirach. Oh, so wait a minute. You got a man that predates the time of Christ whose name translates to what? Jesus. So hold up. How can Jesus Christ be the name that's above every name? And there's already people that have that name, St. James. Right. So the people out there in the world, they, they, they deceive. They think they know the name. You don't know the name of God. Because that's not the name that's above every name. There's other people that have that name. Remember, that's a title to represent why he came on the earth. You have a man here that's an Israelite that wrote the book of Ecclesiasticus. That's also named Jesus. Read, read, read the prologue, the prologue, the beginning. In Ecclesiasticus, and Ecclesiasticus was written by a man, a man whose name is named Jesus, the son of Sirach. But we're going to read the prologue. It's going to also reveal something that we've been proving throughout this show. Read it. This Jesus was the son of Sirach and grandchild to Jesus of the same name with him. <laughs> <laughs> grandchild to the person that had the same name as him. So now you have Jesus, his grandfather was named Jesus. So how can that name be above every name that is named? Like I said, Jesus is a translation, uh, a Greek and Latin translation of Joshua. Joshua. Is there men in the Bible that was named Joshua? Yes. Is this book that's named that? Yes. So from there, let's go to Ecclesiasticus 44. Why are we going through this? Because you got people say that, that that's how they're going to receive. That name that you have to call upon is the name of Jesus. No, there's a name that's above every name. That's the name that you have to call on. And if you don't know that name, hmm, the only way you're going to know that name is in the Israelite Church of God and Jesus Christ. And this is what we're trying to show you. Again, mysteries of the Bible, revealing the mysteries to you. Ecclesiasticus 44 and 1. Let's read that. Let us now praise famous men and our fathers that begat us. Yes, and let us now praise famous men. We're going to acknowledge these men that God was working with throughout the history of the children of Israel in the scriptures. Let's go to chapter 46 and let's read <laughs> verse 1. Jesus. Wait, wait. Say it again. Jesus. So Jesus. Now, is this Jesus the same one that wrote this book? Or is it referring to another Jesus? Is it referring to his grandfather? Or is it referring to another Jesus? Because that would be the third Jesus right there, uh, St. James. Right. Read it. Jesus, the son of Nave. Oh, wait, wait. The son of Nave. Hold on. The son of Nave. Nave. Hmm. That sounds like the son of none to me. And when you read hmm. about Joshua, Joshua is known as the son of Nun. 
somebody's going to come back and say, well, you're making that up. That's not Joshua. Really? Let's read it again and let's read it from the top and move on. Jesus, the son of Nave. I think I made that a little too Spanish the first okay. time. <laughs> I put son an accent on it with no accent was required. So I apologize, <laughs> sir. He said, Jesus, the son of Nave, <laughs> uh, was valiant in the wars. Stop. He was what? He was what? Va- valiant in the wars. Mm, starting to identify who this individual is. Now, does it, does it let us know right off the back who he is? Yes, read. And was the successor of Moses. Stop. Read that again. And was the successor of Moses. Who was the successor of Moses throughout the history of the children of Israel? Hmm. That's Bible trivia right there. Right. So does the scriptures tell us that? Yes. Let's go from there. And let's go to Deuteronomy 34, 9. And then we're also going to go to Joshua 1 and 1. Deuteronomy 34, verse 9. Let's read that. 34 and 9, yes, sir. Read that. And Joshua, the son of Nun. Bro, that sounds like Jesus, the son of Nav. I wonder. Okay. Same thing. The translation is different because the translation is from Hebrew to Greek to Latin to English. This is why it says Jesus because Jesus is Joshua. That's the point. The name. The name is what we're referring to. The name. So that name, other individuals have that name. That cannot be the name that is above every name. Read it again. Verse 9. And Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom. Mm. For Moses had laid his hands upon him. And the children of Israel hearkened unto him and did as the Lord commanded Moses. Right. So Moses was getting ready to depart. Um, His time came. Well, he's getting ready to depart and go back into heaven. And now he is getting ready to pass it on to Joshua. Like it said in Ecclesiastes 46 verse 1 that Joshua was the successor of Moses. So we're seeing here that Moses is laying his hand on Joshua. He's getting ready to put everything on him that God was working with. God was working with Moses. Now from this point, God is getting ready to work with Joshua. How do we know that to be true? For a fact, go to Joshua 1 and 1. And we're going to read that to verse 3. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. Now, after the death of Moses, the now servant of who? The death of Moses. So then a- after the death of Moses, that means once Moses died, once he passed away, who was going to continue after him? Who was going to succeed him? Read on. The servant of the Lord, it came to pass. That the Lord spake unto Joshua, the Wait son of Nun. The Lord spake unto who? Joshua, the son of Nun. Why is God coming to speak unto Joshua, the son of Nun? Because he's the one that's going to succeed Moses. He's the one that's going to continue in Moses' footsteps and leading the children of Israel. This is why Moses laid his hand upon him. And then from that point, the children of Israel started doing what? Listening to Joshua. So the Lord came. The Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses, minister, saying, read on. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Even to the children of Israel. Read on verse 3. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, 
that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. You see that? Everything that he was going to do with Moses, now he's going to do it with Joshua. Why? Because Joshua succeeded Moses as the leader of the nation of Israel at that time. But over here in the Old Testament, he's known as Joshua. In the Apocrypha, which went from Hebrew to, Latin, to Greek to Latin, he's known as what? Let's go back. Let's go back and let's read that. Why are we doing this? Because we're showing you that the world don't know a damn thing. <laughs> they don't know anything. Okay, we've proven to you that Jesus was the title. Jesus Christ, which means anointed. The, the, Messiah, the word Christ means Messiah, which also means anointed. He is the anointed Savior. The word Jesus means Savior. Joshua also, uh, uh, in through spirit, representing what Moses was, also a Savior during that time that was going to lead the children of Israel by the hand and power of God out of the hands of the Egyptians. Who was picking it up from that point? Joshua. Read Ecclesiastes 46, verse 1 again. Jesus, the son of Nave was valiant in the wars and was the successor of Moses in and prophecies. It was the successor of Moses in prophecy. Read on. According to his name was made great for the saving of the elect of God. Mm. Read on. And taking vengeance of the enemies that rose up against them, that he might set Israel in their inheritance. So this is what basically what God was telling him, that he's going to give him the land of Jordan. And then we get to the land of Jordan that he had to drive all the nations. When you read the book of Joshua and on down, what was Joshua doing? He was driving out the nations and going to wars with the nations. To the point where at one time he prayed to God to not cause the sun to go down, St. James. That's how much beating and killing he was doing to these nations and fulfilling God's word. Again, showing you. That this Jesus in Ecclesiasticus 46 and 1 is actually Joshua. So that's one Jesus. You have the one that wrote the book of Ecclesiasticus, whose name is also Jesus. That means his name was Joshua. He was also the grandson whose grandfather was also named Jesus, which is also Joshua. That's three right there. Do we need any more, St. James? Well, no, that's good enough. I think that's good enough because then you could even bring it up to Presence Day. You have what? And Jesus Shuttleworth from I forget the name of the movie those two, but it's like it's a common name. It's you got Jesus name. on the corner. You got like everyone. It's Thank how can you. it be a name above every name if everybody's got it? Thank you. And that was that's how I was gonna end it off. But you did it so beautifully. That name is everywhere. Everybody has that name. So that can't be the name that's above every name. Go back to uh, Philippians two and read um verse eleven. And that Philippians chapter two verse eleven, and that every tongue should confess. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Two and nine. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name. Yeah. So that name that God gave him is above every name. So that can't be Jesus, because everybody has that name. It's showing out. It's showing the scriptures that that is also the name. When you also, and whoever's listening can write this down. If you read, because we don't, we don't have time to go into it, but if you read Acts, the seventh chapter, it also speaks about the history of Israel being delivered by the hands of Moses through Egypt and how that from that point it was given to Joshua. But in Acts, the seventh chapter, specifically verse 45, it calls Joshua Jesus. 
But you could clearly read from the history that it's talking about what happened with the children of Israel being delivered um, by by Moses, by, by God, delivered out of the hand of the Egyptians through Moses. And from that point, um, Jesus got rid of all the idols. This is referring to Joshua, not Jesus the Christ. So that can't be the name that's above every name. And like Mr. Uh, St. James just said, people have that everywhere. That's like a very common name. That can be the name that's above all names. But let's go to, um. so we know it's not, that's not the name. We know it's not Jehovah because that's based upon a mistake. We know it's not Elohim. We know it's not Adonai. We know it's not Yahweh because all those are incorrect pronunciations of the name of God. In order for you to get that, God gives us some insight on what is his name and where is that. Go back to Revelation chapter 19 and then start from verse 12. So we're going to start, to, we're going to get ready to start revealing what the name is. And we're not going to reveal it fully because again, um, we're going to give an understanding of why people, um, these people that call themselves Jews, um, how come they don't call upon the name of God if they're the people of God? But, but let's get to Revelation chapter 9, verse 12. 19, verse 12. Thank you, sir. His eyes were as a flame of fire. So again, this is talking about who our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Um, it's going to um, his eyes. To his eyes, you can see his spirit. And his spirit is a consuming fire. That's our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Read on. And on his head were many crowns. And on, the head were, and on his head were many crowns because he's the king of kings. That's one of his titles, king of kings. In order for you to be a king of kings, that means you conquered all kingdoms. Who's going to be doing that? Jesus Christ when he makes his second return. Read on. And he had a name written. And he had a name written. It was written. Where was it written at? Read on. That no man knew but he himself. So Christ has a name written that no man knows. Where is this name written that no man knows? It is written, St. James, all over the Bible. That's right. God, as it was uh, beautifully brought out by the Holy Ghost and Comforter, on um, in this class we talk these scriptures right here is actually um, the Holy Ghost and Comforter taught this many many times. One of the classes that he definitely taught it in was um, got milk. God milk is then you know the basics. This is this is basic for us. This is people out there. This is a this is a mystery for the world. For us, this is going into basic stuff um, that we're supposed to know when we first come into the truth. But um um, his name is written. Where's it written? It's throughout the whole Bible. Okay, another class that he did called the name written. He uh, the Holy Ghost and Comfort let us know that the name that's throughout the whole Bible is that you know that God actually put his signature on it. <laughs> St. James. So you see that name throughout the old, the whole Bible is God putting his signature on it and letting you know this is me. Mm. What do you do when you when you sign a document to prove that's you? You put your signature on it. So what did God do? He put his signature throughout the whole Bible. So where is his name written at that no man knew? It's written throughout the whole scriptures. How do we know that for sure? Hebrews chapter 10 verse 7. St. James, you're welcome. Welcome to come in and, and say anything at this moment if you want. Oh, so now I'm 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 on the edge of my seat myself. This is it's, it's beautiful, sir. No, I was looking forward to this class. So, praise God, man. So again, for those that's um in the truth, you can definitely get that 
that class um got milk was available and you can see how the holy gospel gives us the understanding of that name that's above every name that name that's written that no man knows so where is that name written at that no man knows is written throughout all over the bible hebrews chapter 10 verse 7 then said i lo i come in the volume of the book who's speaking here our lord and savior jesus christ he said, lo, then said I, I said this, read on. I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me. You see that he comes in the volume of the book. What does that mean? That means he's throughout the whole Bible. What is one of the things that is taught in the Israelite church of God and Jesus Christ? That Jesus Christ is everywhere. He's in, he's in the Old Testament. He's in the Apocrypha. He's in the New Testament. Because everything is about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But some with St. James, some people might say, well, how is he all over the Bible? You won't find out how he's all over the Bible. He just was right. manifested in the flesh. Well, yeah, he was here manifested in the flesh, but he was always here. And he's all over the scriptures where he was at and who he is. <laughs> Stick around. Hebrews 10 and 7, read it again. Then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do thy will. Oh God. So he comes in the volume of the book. What is the volume of the book? That is every book that comprises of the Holy Scriptures. Old Testament, New Testament, and for those of you that's listening for the first time, as St. James went so beautifully into, the Apocrypha. That is the volume of the book. He said it here in the book of Hebrews. And let me show you that he's in the Bible of the book because he's letting us know that he's in the New Testament. He's letting us know he's in the Apocrypha. He's letting us know he's in the Old Testament. Go to Psalms chapter 40 and verse 7. So when you get it, you can read it, St. James. Thank you. This, this is Psalms 40 and verse 7. Then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me. You see that? So he's <laughs> quoting Psalms 47. Some, somebody might say, well, why is it in the Old Testament or why is it in the New Testament? Because he's letting you know. Wherever you go, I'm there. <laughs> right. I'm in the New Testament. I'm in the Old Testament. The Apocrypha is part of the Old Testament, okay? And we just call it the Apocrypha because that's what it's known as today. But it's part of the Old Testament. Those books that was, those 14 books that was removed. You find it in um, the original King Cambridge, the original King James 1611 version. And it's part of the Old Testament. So he's saying, you know, I'm, I'm everywhere. I'm in the Old Testament, the New Testament. I'm everywhere. It is written of me. It's written of me. So now his name is written all over the Bible and he's all over the Bible. What is that name? Mm. Let's talk about that because you have people that claim to be the people of God, right? They, they claim to be Jews, which clearly the New Testament says that they are not, but do lie. Yeah, people that call themselves the Jews, but they are not. They are liars. That's Revelations 2 and 9 and 3 and 9, for those who never heard it before. Very clear to the point. If you go up to them, St. James, and we've done this before because, again, we always try to, we know we have the truth. So, you know, a lot of people growing up in the truth, at first they're getting that knowledge and they're excited. Me, myself being one of them, and I'm pretty sure yourself, St. James, will go up to these people that claim to be Jews and, and ask them, what's, what's God's name? <laughs> And their response is Hashem, Hashem, Hashem. Exactly, like Gazuntite. That thing sounds strange. Hashem. Okay, well, wait a minute. Hold on. 
we're not ignorant to what you just said. You know, we know the true Hebrew when you try to bring out this Yiddish garbage. But you said Hashem. So Hashem is Ha means the. Shem, which really in Hebrew, Sham, means name. So you go to them, well, I asked you the name of God, and you said that the name of God is Hashem, but the word Hashem means the name. So how can that be the name of God? <laughs> how can that be the name of God? Hmm. They stay stuck. You know, no answer. It's the name. It's the name. Hashem, the name. Well, that's not the name. Actually, the name of God. Aren't you the people of God? Aren't you supposed to know the name of God in order for you to be saved? That's what Romans ten thirteen says. Uh, uh, you don't believe in the New Testament? Okay, yeah, whatever. That's because you're not the people of God. So they say Hashem again, wrong, inaccurate. The scriptures are telling us clear that God's name is written throughout the whole Bible. It's written all over the Bible. God put His signature on it. But it also tells you that Christ is all over the Bible. See the connection? Mm-hmm. He said, I come in the bottom of the book, it is written on me. That means wherever you go, God is there. Christ is there. They mean if God is there, his name is there. So what is his name? This is what people don't understand. Hashem. No, you got it wrong. <laughs> that can't be the name of God. Now, some. so why don't they call, why can't they use the name of God? Because it says this, which we're not going to get it. I'm just going to... um. Let you know what it is, but it's in the book of Malachi. Okay. One verse 14. You guys can write it down. And what does it says? It says that, saith the Lord of hosts, and my name is dreadful among the heathens. You see that, St. James? Mm-hmm. The name of God is dreadful among the heathens. They're not going to dare call his name if they know what it is. Because it is dreadful among the heathen. What is God's name? You're the people of God, right? What is God's name? Hashem. No. <laughs> That's the name. That is not the name of God. Okay? It is dreadful among the heathen. They're going to say that it is so sacred that they can't pronounce it, which is a bunch of crap. Because the scriptures clearly tell you that in order for you to be saved, you have to call upon the name of God. When you call upon the name of God, you have to, you have to add power to like the almighty. To um mm-hmm. point of magnificent, and then you say his name. But again, what is that name? Let's, let's go back to Revelation chapter 19 and let's read verse 12 again. And then we're gonna go into uh what the world classifies it to be known as, and that's all we're gonna give you. Because in order for you to get that pronunciation of the name, you have to be in the Israelite church of God in Jesus Christ. Revelation chapter 19, read verse 12 again, please. His eyes was a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that he no had a man... name written. He had a name written that no man knew. Where was it written at? It's written throughout the, all over the Bible. Which no man knew. Why did nobody know this name? Because did he know that this name that's written throughout the, throughout the whole Bible, St. James, was actually talking about Jesus Christ who manifested in the flesh? Did mm. he know that name that was signature? Throughout the whole scriptures, which is the most prominent name that's all over the Bible, is actually Jesus Christ. They had no idea that that was his name. He had a name written that no man knew. Why didn't nobody why did no man know that? Because they didn't know that that was talking about Jesus Christ, St. James. 
What is that name? Well, we're going to give it to you the way the world gives it to you. And that's it. We're going to explain what that means. The name that's written all over the Bible, that's the most prominent name, is the YHWH. That's all you're going to get. <laughs> the YHWH. What is that known as? That's known as the Tetragrammaton. Okay. Tetragrammaton. We're going to give you the understanding of what the Tetragrammaton means and why it's called the Tetragrammaton. They know that this is the name of God by the definition itself, Tetragrammaton. Why do they label it as YHWH? That's letting you know that they don't know the real, they don't know the, the real pronunciation of his name. They're going to tell you Jehovah. They're going to tell you uh, Yahweh. You know, they're going to say Yahweh. They're going to say, oh, they're going to say Elohim. They're going to say Adonai. They're going to say Hashem, which is all inaccurate. The only truth that they know is that it's YHWH. Now, why is that, St. James? Because they don't have the full, they don't have the correct pronunciation of his name. In order for you to have the correct pronunciation of his name, you have to know the ancient Hebrew, St. James. The way in, in order for you to know the ancient Hebrew, which in the world they consider that a lost language, it's not lost, okay, it's revealed unto the true believers, St. James. Where are the true believers at? The Israelite church of God in Jesus Christ. We are the only ones on the planet Earth that is speaking the correct ancient Hebrew, writing the ancient Hebrew and speaking the ancient Hebrew pronouncing the ancient Hebrew correctly, St. James. Right. If they knew that the name of God was Yahweh, uh, Jehovah, Adonai, there will be no need for them to classify YHWH. Makes sense, right, St. James? Why would, they say, why would they say YHWH? Why would they say the Tetragrammaton? Now, what does the Tetragrammaton mean? Tetra means four. Like throughout the history, you heard about the Tetriarchs in history. Those were four rulers. Okay, I'm just using that as an example. But the word Tetra means four. Grammar, that's letters. Tetra means four. Grammar means letters. Ton, T-O-N, means greatest. For example of that is megaton. And you ever hear something megaton, that means that's great. Megaton. So combine those together. What does that mean? The four greatest letters to ever be compiled. The four greatest letters to ever be compiled by man. Because again, they don't know the name of God. <laughs> That's all they can give you. And guess what? That's all we're going to give you. <laughs> and But we're not going to stop there. We're going to show you who is the YHWH who is that that's Jesus Christ St. James anything you want to say on that yes sir and just just on that too and we're not we're not giving you the name not because you know we're just trying to put like a cliffhanger out there but you know, we have to we have we have responsibility because if, if when you look it's the third commandment who found within the ten commandments he shall not take the name of the Lord in vain you actually use his name and don't hold it in that re in that regard. 
like the scriptures talk about, about kissing the sun, having that respect that you're supposed to have, you right. are inviting damnation on yourself. Right. So in order for you to actually, you know, appreciate it and respect it and understand the power and significance of it, you have to learn. So that's why you got to come to class. So please, again, Mr. Power said, reach out to us, blog talk at ICGJC.org. Hit us up on the Holy Conception Unit. Dot org. Uh, That's right. A lot of different avenues to be able to get to us. That's right. That's right. Very well said. So again, when we call on his name, we say the almighty YHWH. But we have the we have the right pronunciation. So again, the Tetragrammaton is what's known out there as the closest thing to what God's name is because they don't have that pronunciation. If they didn't have that, if it was Yahweh, if it was Jehovah, if it was Adonai, if it was Elohim, if it was Hashem, there would be no need for them to classify YHWH as the Tetragrammaton. <laughs> makes no sense. The only thing that makes sense is they don't have the full pronunciation of the name of, of God's name. And if they don't have the full pronunciation of God's name, then every name that you see out there, it is false. And it's not the name of God. So now, how who is the YHWH? The almighty YHWH, the Tetragrammaton? That is Jesus Christ. That is the name of God that's all over the Bible. Who's that? Jesus Christ. So let's read Revelation chapter 19, verse 12 again. And let's give an understanding why no one knew that that was Christ's name. Read. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written. So it's telling you that Christ had a name written. It's telling you, it's giving you insight that is, he had a name that was written. Read on. That no man knew, but he so, himself. But he himself. Why did Christ have a name that was written? We already identified what that name is. That is the, pro, the most predominant name in all the Bible. That's the YHWH. Why did nobody know that that was his name? Because they thought that that was God the Father's name. But in actuality, that's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ appeared unto Moses in the burning bush and told Moses, I am the YHWH. Jesus Christ, when he was manifested in the flesh, told the Pharisees that, that he is the YHWH. Because he told them that, they wanted to kill him, which we're going to get to in a minute. So this whole time, when people were calling on the name of God, they had no idea that they was actually calling on Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ is the God of the Bible. Hmm. I don't even know that for sure. Let's continue reading. In verse 13. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. Again, describing what he's coming to do at the end, which is a lot of killing. Read on. And his name is called the Word of God. So what's another name for Jesus Christ? He's called the Word of God. Is there anywhere in the scriptures that identifies Christ as the Word of God? Yes, it does. John chapter 1, verse 1, St. James. John chapter 1, verse 1. The Word of God is the Bible. He said, I come in the bottom of the book. It is written of me. So if the word of God is the Bible, which is also Jesus Christ, then that means that Jesus Christ's name is all over the Bible. And he had a name written in the book, and the book is written of him. 
That means what again? Christ's name is all over the Bible. But let's see if there's some scriptures that identify as Jesus Christ being the word of God. And his yes, name sir. is called the word of God. Another title for Jesus Christ. John chapter 1, verse 1. Let's read that, St. James. In the beginning was the in word. What? In, in the, the what? beginning. In the beginning. So this is talking about the same thing that you read about in Genesis 1 and 1, which is referring to our beginning. In the beginning, but Christ also has a beginning, but his beginning is way beyond our beginning, our existence. In the beginning, read on. Was the word. Right, so in the beginning was the word. So this is letting you know who the word is going to tell you who the word is. In the beginning was the word. This is John. Read on. And the word was with God. And the word who is Jesus Christ was with God. God the Father. With means to be in the company of. So we're talking about two different entities here. St. James. We're talking about mm -hmm. Jesus Christ and we're talking about God the Father. Read on. And the word was God. And the word was also God. Because in order for you to be the son of God the Father, that means you are also God. Because only God can beget God. I'm trying to make sense out of that one. <laughs> Christ told the children of Israel that ye are gods, but ye shall die like men, because we all come from our maker, which is God. That means God is within us. Okay? And it all comes from that oneness, St. James. Okay, it's all looked up as one. How do you know that? When a man and a woman comes together, they become what, St. James? One. They become one. Why? Because God looks at you as one. So this is all going back to Jesus Christ being God. Verse 2. The same was in the beginning with God. So who's Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ is the Word. He is God. The same was in the beginning with God, who God the Father. Verse 3. All things were made by him. All things was made by who? All things were made by Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, God the Son, and Jesus and God the Father, they're one. Because Jesus Christ is an extension of of God the Father. When you read further down, it tells you that, or, or in another scripture, I can't remember exactly where, but it tells you that he comes out of the bosom of God the Father. God the Father made an extension of himself. Christ made an extension of himself. We are all part of God's creation, the children of God. All things was made by him, by who? Jesus Christ. Read on. And without him was and without not Jesus Christ, which is God, which is the word. Read on. Was not anything made that was made. Not anything made that was made. So he made everything. God the Father made an extension of himself. And Jesus Christ in two made everything else. Read verse 14. And the word was made flesh. You see, and the word. So when we read in Revelations chapter 19 verses 12 and 13. That it says and his name is called the word of God. Here we see that he's known as the word. Verse 14, read it again. And the word was what? Made flesh. And the word was made flesh. See, he was manifested in the flesh. Read on. And dwelt among us. And dwelt among us. Read on. And we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of See, the he's Father. He's the only begotten. It means God the Father begat him. Made him. Made an extension of himself. And he in tune. 
made everything else. You know, full of grace and truth. So now, what did so here he's known as the Word, and the Word was made man of was made flesh. It was manifested in the flesh. Is there another scripture that lets us know that he is God? It told us right there in verse one and one. But go to Second Timothy three verse sixteen. Uh, I'm sorry, First Timothy three sixteen. You got it, sir. All right, go ahead. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Yes, yeah, so the people are trying to bring in the controversy and try to say all the different madness, but go ahead. God was manifest in the flesh. You see that? So here is telling us God was manifested in the flesh, which is who? Jesus Christ. In John chapter 1 verse 14, it says the word was manifested in the flesh. So it's letting you know exactly what Hebrews 10 and 7 said, exactly what Psalms 40 and 7 says, and exactly what Revelations 19 and 11 and 12 said. It's letting us know that Jesus Christ is the God of the Bible. And that is all written of him. God was manifested in the flesh. That's all we need in that. Go back to Revelation chapter 9, verse 13. And his name is called the Word of God. So we see in evidence here, St. James, that he's called the Word of God, that he is God. So this whole time, people thought that they was praying to the Father, but they wasn't praying to the Father, they was praying to Jesus Christ. This is why in another part of the Bible, Jesus Christ does what, St. James? He teaches his disciples to do what? How to pray to the Father. Right. Because they wasn't praying to the Father prior, prior to him revealing to them that he was the one that they were praying to the whole time. They don't know the Father. In order for you to get to the Father, you have to go through Jesus Christ. Read Revelation chapter 9 verse 13. 19 verse 13. Uh, and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. So again, the word of God is who? That's Jesus Christ. So he had a name written that no man knew. What is that name that was written? That was the YHWH. Why? Because that name that's written through all the, throughout the whole Bible is God giving his signature that he is God. All throughout the Bible. And we're going to read it. We're going to show you that. That's exactly what he did. Okay. In order for you to get, because at this whole time they thought they was praying to God the Father, but they wasn't praying to God. But they don't know God the Father. They don't even know his name, Saint James. In order for you to get to the Father, you have to go through God the Son, which is Jesus Christ. Let's go to John chapter fourteen and let's read verse six. Yes, sir. Read on. John chapter fourteen, verse six. Jesus saith unto him. We're going to read through nine. And we are coming down to the end of this soon. Go ahead. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So in order for you to get to salvation, in order for you to be saved, you have to know the name of God. That's the only way you're going to get to salvation. Read on. No man cometh unto the Father. No man cometh unto the Father. No man cometh unto the Father, God the Father, read on, but by me. 
but by him. So what does that mean? That in order for you to be saved, you have to go through him. So when we read in Revelation 10 verse 13, that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, that name that they have to call upon is the name of God, which is Jesus Christ. What is his name? YH, the almighty YH, WH, the tetragrammaton. But you have to be able to pronounce it. That's how you're going to get to the Father. This is why in order for you to get to the Father, St. James, you have to do what? Make it to Christ's kingdom. Christ's kingdom is a thousand years, St. James. That's Revelation, the 20th chapter. So what's the goal to make it and to be saved? To get into Christ's kingdom. So Christ could prepare us to meet the Father. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mr. Powers, because this goes into so much. This is like every some of the other shows and things that we've done is is so amazing. It's like, look, we already showed that there's no way you're gonna be able to make it except for changing and recognizing you to be a believer in Jesus Christ, you have to change. You can't be the same old person you were before. You gotta be something different. That's right. And then let you know that he's the, that's the only way. He's the only one that's not going to be able to impute sin upon you. It's only right. through his grace. Mm. He's the judge. Nice. Nice. Beautiful. That's right. What does the scripture say? That blessed are the man whom the Lord did not impute sin. Mm. That's right. Blessed is the man whom the Lord does not impute sin. If you're a believer in the truth and you follow Christ, as long as you do what he says, he's not going to impute that on you because he already died for you. That's the only way to make it. But in order for you to make it, you have to be able to call upon him. You have to know him. <laughs> <laughs> He's telling you right there, in order for you to get to God the Father, because getting to God the Father, that's everlasting life, St. James. Right. You know that. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the gifts that's given to the 144,000, which we're going to read about. They know the name of God the Father. Or if you if you make it to be one hundred and four one of the hundred and forty four thousand, that's automatic everlasting life for you. You're the elect. You're the chosen. So let's read it again. John chapter fourteen verse six. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Well, by me. Um, we can leave it there. I wasn't going to uh uh yeah, I'll just leave it there. Um, because we're gonna get into something very deep in the next couple of verses, but we'll leave we'll leave it there. Let's actually show you that Jesus Christ is actually the one that appeared unto Moses. Let's show you that Jesus Christ is actually the YHWH, what the world knows as the Tetragrammaton, the four greatest letters to ever be compiled. Let's show you that's him. We already showed you that's that Jesus Christ is the God that was all over to all over the Bible. And that they don't know God the Father. You actually, that, this is actually the scripture that knows you that tells you that they don't know the Father. Go to John chapter 8, verse 48, and let's go there. Yes, sir. Read it. You are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father you will do. So what he was doing, he was doing, he was actually um um speaking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He was trying to trap up Jesus Christ uh, because they were they weren't believers. 
and the works that they was doing lets them know that they were doing the work of Satan and not the work of God. So read it again. Ye are of your father, the devil. Yeah, the works that you was doing, the work that you do defines who you are, whether you are the children of God or not. If you're doing the works of Satan, that you actually get disowned by God because the children of Israel at one time for committing sin, St. James, was disowned by God because they didn't keep that covenant. They broke it. As a, as a result, they became orphans. So what happens if you don't do the things of God? You become an orphan. Who adopts you? Satan. Satan adopts you. Right. You do the works of Satan. Guess what? Satan's not your father. So this is what Christ is letting the Pharisees and the Sadducees know. That if you're doing the work of Satan, then Satan is your father. Read it again. Verse 44. Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth. Because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. For he is a liar and the father of it. See, that's what it's telling you, you know. It's defining what the devil is and what the devil does. And if you're doing those same attributes, then ye are of the devil. Read verse 42 real quick and let's jump back down to 45. Read verse 42 real quick. Jesus said unto them, if God were your father. Yeah, if you're doing the works. Sorry, if you're doing the works of God the Father, and he were your father, what did he say? He said, you will love me. Read on. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Does that mean that God made him? He proceeded forth and came from God because he's an extension of God the Father. God the Father pulled him out of his own bosom and made him. He said, if you were of God the Father, then you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. That's a deep statement. Read on. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Who sent Jesus Christ? God the Father. And he was sent and he was bruised for the children of Israel. And it said it pleased God the Father that Christ came, manifested in the flesh, the word in the flesh, God in the flesh, to die for his people. Read on. Verse 43. Why do you not understand my speech? Yeah, why can't Even, you understand what I'm saying? Is what Christ is telling the Pharisees and Sadducees. Read on. Even because you cannot hear my word. Yeah, you can't hear his word because you can't understand what he's trying to tell you. Why is that? Verse 44. Ye are of your father the devil. And the lust of your father ye will do. Mm. He was a murderer from the beginning. Well, now it's starting to... Is starting to identify the attributes of Satan. Since he was a murderer from the beginning. Who murdered in the beginning? Cain. Cain murdered his brother Abel. That was letting you know that Cain had the devil in him. Even though Cain, St. James, was one of the children of God. But he became the son of Satan by doing the works of Satan. You see that? This is what Christ is telling them. You're doing the works of Satan. Satan is your father. He was a murderer from the beginning. Read on. And abode not in the truth. Because there is no truth in him. Right. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. For he is a liar and the father of it. Yeah, so that was, what does Satan do in the beginning when he came to Eve? He said, surely God has said this, this, that, and the third. He started lying. The first thing he did when he appeared unto Eve was lie. So when you see somebody is a liar and, and, and all you do is lies and is full of deception, that guy got that cat got Satan in him. 
because that is an uh, an attribute of Satan, St. James. Mm. Read on. Verse 45. And because I tell you the truth, ye believe me not. Which of you convinceth me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do ye not believe me? Right. He that is of God heareth God's words. Yeah, so you, if you are of God, you're going to hear the words of God. Now, why can't they hear the words of God? And when we tell somebody about the words of God, why can't they hear them? Read on. Ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God. Yeah, if you don't hear them, it's because you are not of God. Now, listen to what um, the Jews said unto him. Read. Then answered the Jews and said unto him, Say we not well that thou art a Samaritan and hast a devil? <laughs> so they're saying that Jesus Christ had the devil in him. <laughs> listen how Christ answered and said unto him. Read on. Jesus answered, I have not a devil. But I honor my father, and ye do dishonor me. Yeah, and you do dishonor me. Read on. And I seek not mine own glory. There is one that seeketh and judgeth. Verily, verily, I say unto you, if a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. Ooh, so right there, they, 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 oh man. He said, truly, truly, I say unto you, that if a man keeps my sayings, he shall never see death. They're like, oh man, we, but they have no idea that they're talking to God. <laughs> His sayings is throughout the whole Bible, St. James. Mm -hmm. They have no idea who they're talking to. And Christ is about to let them know. So now they're going to come back and say this. This is their response to that. Read. Then said the Jews unto him, Now we know that thou hast a devil. Yeah, because he's saying that now we know you got a devil. That statement we know we know you got a devil by that statement that you made right there. But again, they had no clue who they were talking to. Read on. Abraham is dead, and the prophets, and thou sayest, if a man keep my saying, he shall never taste of death. So yeah, Abraham, who's our father, he's pretty they're pretty much saying Abraham who's greater than you, and the prophets who's greater than you. They're dead. And you're saying that if we keep your sayings. That we shall never taste of death. Read verse 30, 53. This is, what they, this is exactly how you know that's what they were talking about. Verse 53. Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead? Are you greater than Abraham, who's the patriarch, who God came and spoke to him and called him his friend? Are you saying that you're greater than him, Christ? Jesus of Nazareth? Are you saying that you're greater than Abraham? Look at Christ's response. Read on. And the prophets and the prophets are dead. Are you greater than Isaiah? Are you greater than Jeremiah? These are major men, major prophets that had a name. Are you greater than Joshua? Are you greater than Moses? Is that what you're telling us, Christ? Read on. Who makest thou thyself? Yeah, who the, in other words, that statement right there is like when somebody will tell you today, who the hell do you think you are? That's the old, that's the new, the old test, the New Testament version of what we say today. Who the hell do you think you are? Is what they told Christ. Look at Christ's response, verse fifty-four. Read. Jesus answered, "If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father that honoreth me, of whom you say that He is your ooh, God." Ooh, look at that! He just hit him with a banger right there. He said, "If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father that honoreth me." Of whom ye say, see, so you saying this, that he is your God. But what Christ is getting ready, to, getting ready to let them know is that you don't know God the Father. You don't know him. you saying that he is your God, but you have no idea that you don't know him. The God that you're referring to, he's going to let them know, that's me. 
reading. Verse 55. Yet ye have not known him, right. but I he, know him. He said, ye have not known him. They're going to come back and be like, yeah, we know him. We know his name. We, we know him. Yeah, we know him. God's be like, nah, you don't know him. <laughs> Verse 55, read. Yet ye have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say, I know him not, I shall be a liar like unto you. Mm. But I know him and keep his saying. That's right. Read. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Oh, man, that just that just tipped it over for them. They said, wait a minute. Your father Abraham rejoices. You try to say that Abraham saw you and was glad? You know what Christ let them know? He said, he let them know that Abraham knew that God, the son, the almighty YHWH, the God of the Bible was going to be manifested in the flesh. He seen, Abraham seen Christ being manifested on the earth. He said he saw it and he was glad. Look at how they responded back to him. Read. Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? So again, he, he's just going right over their head. When you say you're fifty years old, you saying you saw Abraham? Like, like in other words, again, who the hell you think you are? Like, who you think you are? You talking blasphemy here? It's like what they're going to tell him. Read. And Jesus said unto them, What did Christ say? So this is this is the main point that we got to this whole story to get to this main point right here. What did Christ say unto them? How did he respond back unto them? Read. Verily, verily. Truly, I say truly. Unto you, I say to you, read on. Before Abraham was. Before stop. Before Abraham even existed. Read on. I am. Ooh. He just hit him with a major bomb right there. He said, before Abraham was even brought into existence, I am. He told him who he is. He told him he was the YHWH by saying, I am. Now, how do you know that's exactly what he told them? Verse 59. Then took they up stones to cast at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. You see that? Now read verse 59 again. Then took they up stones to cast at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. And so passed by. So he had to, because they were, they considered him to be blaspheming. So what did they do? They picked up stones to stone him. But he told him before Abraham was, I am. So let's stop right there. So before we get to that point, let's just show you. We're going to show you that that's exactly what God told Moses. <laughs> he told him, I am. So that's letting you know when Christ told him that, that he's letting them know, I'm the same one that appeared unto Moses. I'm the same one that appeared in the, into a burning bush. I'm the same God that delivered the children of Israel from the hands of the Egyptians. I'm he. I am the I am. That's what he told them. But let me just show you that Christ said um, that they don't know the Father. Let's just hold that right there. And let's just prove that real quick. And then we're going to come back to that. Go to John chapter 1 verse 18. Yes, sir. 
St. John chapter yeah. 1, verse 18. Right, before we go to just jump up to verse 55, because I actually missed this. So go to verse 55, John chapter 8, verse 55. Read that. Yet you have not known him. Yet you have not known who you. It says before that says, whom you say is your God, yet you have not known him. Do they know him? They don't know God the Father. How do we know they don't know God the Father? Because Christ told us that, that they don't know God the Father. John chapter 1, verse 18. Let's read that. No man hath seen God at any time. Wait a minute, 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 wait a minute. <laughs> it's clearly being told that no man has seen God at any time. But yet God appeared to Moses. And he was able to see his backside, St. James. Right. So when it says no man has seen God at any time, who is that referring? That's referring to God the Father. This is clear. This is direct. No hidden messages. No breakdown. No, no esoteric meaning. No man have seen who? The Father. So if no man has seen the fathers, how can the Pharisees claim to have some relationship with him and address him as their God? No man has seen, no man has seen the Father at, and no man has seen God at any time. This, this also constitute who Moses and so forth read it, read it again no man have seen God at any time read on the only begotten son who's that we just read that earlier the only begotten son which we read in John chapter 1 verse 14 is Jesus Christ the only begotten son read on which is in the bosom of the father you see that I knew that was going to come back so he came out of God the father's bosom which is an extension of God the Father. Read on. He hath declared him. He declared him. Declare means to be what? Made known publicly, openly. So if God the Father was known, why does it say that Christ had to go back and make him known? St. James. If God the Father was known, why did Jesus Christ have, why did he have to declare it? The first thing he said was, no man have seen God at any time. The only begotten son have declared it. He made it known publicly, openly. Because that means no one knew who God the Father was. The one that they was praying to the whole time was actually Jesus Christ. This is why he's letting them know. From there, um, go to John chapter 17, verses 25 and 26. Again, why is this so important, St. James? Because if you're going to get yourself right together, like you mentioned before, if you're going to receive salvation, if you're going to know the grace of God, if you know you have, in order for you to be saved, you have to save yourself. In order for you to call upon the name of the Lord, you have to know what his name is. You have to know who he is. And if you don't have that, which you can only get in the Israelite church of God in Jesus Christ, then you are going to be in some serious trouble because the time that we're getting ready to go into St. James, if you don't know God and you don't have faith in that belief, which is by knowing God, you are not going to make it. Right, Mr. Powers. Yep, that's wonderfully said. And that's why we've been telling every single show, send us a message, blog right. talk at icgjc.org. This is this is the time. If you're hearing these words and you understand this, you cannot wait. 
No one knows how much time you're going to have. Only the Lord does. You cannot wait. That's right. And just like it was told to us, the mark of the beast is not coming. It's already here. And it's being implemented. It's not, it, it doesn't get implemented overnight, St. James. It takes a mm-hmm. process. But but we get into the we get into the point where it's getting ready to be fully implemented, and you gonna you gonna just like it was told to us by the prophet of God the Father, we are gonna tell you, you gonna get to a point where you are gonna have to make a choice, either take the market and it's gonna be fully known what it is at that point, either you take the market of peace or you don't. If you don't, which you're not supposed to. Where is your escape at? It's through the Israelite church of God and Jesus Christ. Because this is the only place that God is protecting. John chapter 17, verse 25 and 26. What did God say concerning God the Father? Read. O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee. So you see that out of Christ's own mouth, he testified that the world does not know and has not known God the Father. The world doesn't know the Father. And the nation of Israel never knew him. They knew who? Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ is the I am. He is the almighty YHWH. Read on. But I have known thee, and these have known that thou hast sent me. Read on. These talked about the disciples. Read on. And I have declared unto them thy name. See, wait a minute, wait a minute, stop. <laughs> if Christ has to declare the name of God the Father to his disciples, that means they didn't know what his name was. If they didn't know what his name was, who is the I am that revealed himself unto Moses? Who is the one that Moses said when the, the children of Israel asked who is it that sent me? You let him know the YHWH. If that's not him, then who is Christ referring to? That no one knows his name. That he has to make his name declared. That is the supreme being, God the Father. To read it again, and I have declared unto them thy name. And will declare it. And what? And will declare it. He made it known to them back then. And we know that he will make it known to them again. Um, there's a process that calls, that's known as regeneration. The ones that was around during the time of Christ, they will have to come back and fulfill the work that God has destined in them. Which is all the believers are going to come back. All the ones that didn't believe will have to come back and fulfill the role of being a non-believer. And this is the time that we're in. This is how we know that this is the generation that's not going to pass. Because everybody that's alive right now was alive during the time of Christ. Okay, it's, called, it's also known as regeneration. The world calls that reincarnation, but you've been here before. Okay, this is why it makes sense when Christ, when they ask Christ to give us the sign of the end, St. James. Now, why are the disciples asking for the sign of the end when they were going to pass away? <laughs> mm-hmm. Because they had to come back. And it had to be right. written. So when the... God was sent the God sent comfort to reveal all things and like it says to bring all things back into your remembrance. That means you was here before and it had to be brought to you. What does the scriptures let us know that when you come back that your remembrance of your former life, you don't know that. 
but it's being is being declared back unto you by the men that God set up, which is the prophet of God the Father, to give to the leaders, the teachers, to give to his people. So will declare means he's going to make it known again. That's a future tense, meaning Christ is going to declare his name to who? The 144,000 and to the apostles, the original apostles. Will his name be declared again for a second time? From there, let's hold that right there and let's go to Revelation 14 verses 1 and 3. And we got about a couple more scriptures and we're going to end it off. Um, I think that we got the point across um, to letting you know that Jesus Christ is the God that's throughout the whole Bible, the God of the Old Testament. Um, that is Jesus Christ. So let's go and just, just show you that that name that's going to be revealed is to the 144,000 and to the apostles. That is the governing body of the kingdom of heaven. Revelation chapter 14 verses 1 through 3. And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Zion, and with him an hundred forty and four thousand. So who's the lamb? That lamb is Jesus Christ. You read about that in John, the first chapter, in the 29th verse. It lets you know that Jesus Christ is the lamb. He's that same lamb that represents the Passover lamb. So when, that's why he was, he was crucified during the Passover. Because again, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. So Jesus Christ was sacrificed for the children of Israel, and he was known as the lamb of God. Read verse 1 again. And I looked. And lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Zion. So the and one that stood upon the lamb, the, the, the Mount Zion, which is the lamb, is Jesus Christ. And who was with him? Read on. And hundred forty and four thousand. Right. This is the governing body of the kingdom of heaven. The hundred and forty-four thousand. Twelve thousand leaders out of each tribe. Twelve times twelve, hundred forty-four thousand. Read on. Having his father's name written in their foreheads. Ooh, he added the name of God the Father. Was written in their forehead. The reason why the name of the hundred forty-four, the, the reason why the hundred forty-four thousand had the, the, the father's name written in their forehead is because his name is a secret, and the only ones that could learn that name is the hundred forty-four thousand. Read on. And I heard a voice from heaven, as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of a great thunder. And I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps. And they sung it as it were a new song before the throne. As it what? As a new song before the throne. Read on. And before the four beasts and the elders. And no man could learn that song but the hundred and forty and four thousand. Right. So no man knew the name of the father but the hundred and forty four thousand. That's also letting you know that no man can know the understanding of the scriptures but the 144,000, because that's what God put in them. Those are the only ones that could understand it. To be, those are the teachers. Those are the leaders. That's why the 144,000 is a special group among the children of Israel. They're, they don't have to wait till God the Father to receive everlasting life. Once they make it in Christ's kingdom, as it was taught to us by the Holy Ghost and Covenant, they are going to be receiving everlasting life. That is the gift that's given to them, because they will know the name of God the Father. How amazing is that, St. James? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Revelation all, 11. Yeah. Go ahead. No, it just takes that. That's that, that's it right there. Can you imagine that this what it would be like? I mean, that's when you get it, you automatically know. That's it. So let me show you that Christ had to teach the, his disciples to pray to the Father because at all that time he was praying. The, the, the ones that they were praying to was Jesus Christ. Uh, Luke 11 and 1, and then we go back to John, and then we're going to end it off in Exodus. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. 
And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray. See that? Because they already knew that um, Christ already had revealed it to them. Remember, he said that he revealed it unto his disciples, who God the Father is. They already knew who Christ was. Thomas even said that. He said, my God. He called him my God. So the disciples knew who Christ was. Read it again. Verse 1. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So now why are the disciples asking Christ to teach them to pray? Because, again, the whole time that they was praying to was they was praying to God, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ had to teach them how to pray to God the Father. Because, again, the God that they were praying to the whole time was Jesus Christ, which is the same. It's all oneness. Okay, so people can't get into speculation. Oh, you're dealing with it. You don't know what you're talking about. It's all part of that oneness. Okay. Is that it on that? At verse 2. Read. And he said unto them, When you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven. You see that? Our Father. Our Father. So they gave him a title. Our Father. Another title for him is known as the Ancient of Days. That's the title that belongs to him and him only. Ancient of Days. Because before days even came into existence, he already existed. He did, does not have a beginning and he does not have an end. But he has always been. Try to figure that out. Your, 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 your human mind is incapable of figuring that out. <laughs> That's right. what makes him God. That's what makes him the supreme being. He has always been. He has always existed. He is the ancient of days. Before days came into existence, he was already old. Go figure that one out. <laughs> we won't be able to. Um, so that's it on that. Let's go back. To, so we're just showing you that they don't know. They didn't know who God the Father was. So go back to John chapter 8. And let's just start from verse 54 and work our way down again. And then we're going to go from there to Exodus. And then we're going to end off. Jesus answered. If I tell honor him, myself. Tell him where you at. I'm sorry. Tell him where you sorry, at. John chapter 8 and verse 44. 54. John 8 and verse 54. Thank you. Jesus answered. If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my father that honoreth me. Mm. Of whom ye say that he is your God. Yeah, you're saying that he is your God, but you have no idea that that's actually talking about me. You don't know God the Father. Let me just show you that. The world have not known him, but I have known him and declared him and will declare him. Read on. Yet you have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say I know him not, I shall be a liar like unto you. But I know him and keep his saying. Mm. Read on. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Yeah, so Abraham has seen Jesus Christ, seeing how Christ was going to be manifested in the flesh, and he was glad. Read on. Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before truly, Abraham truly, was, Truly, truly, I say unto you, before Abraham was, which means before Abraham was even brought into existence. Read on. I am. Ooh, that means I am. I existed. I am the almighty YHWH. 
he's telling him he is was known as the tetragrammaton. How do you know that's what he said? Because of what they didn't the the how they reacted to that statement. How did they react to that statement? Read. Then took they up stones to cast at him. Yeah, they saying you calling yourself a god? You calling yourself God? Are you saying that you're the almighty YHWH? That you're the Tetragrammaton? Now we know you blasphemy. Then they picked up stones to do what? To cast at him. To cast at him. Is that it on that? Uh, no, sir. Go ahead. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. And that's, there's another great understanding of that, but we're going to drop that and let's go to the book of Exodus chapter 3 and verse 13 through 15. So again, what is that name? What is the topic? The name above every name. We're starting to find out that that name that's above every name can be his title. Because his title defined what he came to do. And we show you that other people had that same name throughout the history of the world. And even in our time, people have that name. So that can't be the name that's above every name that is named. But that name is that that's above every name is that name that no one knew was his. But yet it was written throughout the whole Bible. And amongst those Jews, he told them, that's me. Now, let's show you that's exactly what he told Moses when he appeared unto him in the Old Testament. Remember, Christ said what, St. James? I come in the volume of the book. That's it right. is written of me. What do, we, what do we do as believers? We show you Christ in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, in the Psalms, in everywhere. We show him where he's at. We point him out because we know and we understand that that's God, we know and we understand that that's the almighty YHWH. We know and understand that's the Tetragrammaton. We know, St. James, and understand that when we call upon the name of the Lord to be saved, we know exactly who we call him. <laughs> yep. So let's show you that. Exodus chapter 3, verses 13 through 15. That's real quick, sir. And, and you, the listening audience, you can too. That's Blog right. Talk. At icgjc.org. <laughs> Mysteries of the Bible. Mysteries of the Bible, St. James. No That's one else right. is going to be able to reveal these mysteries and give it to you precisely in detail. If YHWH, the touch of Grammaton, is not the closest thing that they will ever come to God's name, then why would they label it that way? But yet they give you other names. Makes no sense. They know that that's his name. And that's the only thing that they're going to come close to. In order for you to get God's name, you have to have the full pronunciation of it. That means you have to know the ancient Hebrew. That means God had to reveal the ancient Hebrew. And that was only done in the Israelite church of God in Jesus Christ. Exodus chapter 3, verse 13 through 15. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? So again, this is what Moses is saying because Christ revealed himself. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ revealed himself in the burning bush. And he told him that he was going to use Moses um, to deliver the children of Israel by the hand of the enemies. And that he's going to manifest himself and deliver them. So Moses is saying, 
when the children of Israel ask, because I'm going on your behalf, when they ask me, who is it that sent me unto you? He's going to let them know who he is so he can tell them. Read. Verse 14. And God said unto Moses. And God said, hold on. And God said unto Moses. What did God say unto Moses? Did what God said unto Moses the same thing that Christ told those Jews? Hmm. Let's see. Read. I am that I am. <laughs> the same thing that God revealed unto Moses in the burning bush is the same thing that Christ said to those Jews in the New Testament. He said, I am. I am that I am. So God is saying his name. He's saying, I am that I am to Moses. Just like Jesus said to those Pharisees that before Abraham was, I am. Is it a coincidence that you read that in Exodus and then you're also reading about that in John the 8th chapter? Why else would those Pharisees pick up stones to stone him? Unless he's claiming that he is God, which he is, before Abraham was, I am. Moses, when you go to the children of Israel, let them know, I am that I am, have sent you. <laughs> is that not clear, St. James? It's clear, sir. Crystal. <laughs> So who was the God that revealed himself or who is the God that revealed himself unto Moses? That is Jesus Christ. He had a name written that no man knew. Why didn't they know that that was his name that was written? Because that whole time they thought that that was God the Father. But in actuality, that is Jesus Christ. So let's go back To Philippians chapter 2. Read verses 9 through 11. Philippians chapter 2 verse 9. Wherefore, wherefore God also hath highly exalted him. So God the Father hath highly exalted him. Jesus Christ. Read on. And given him a name which is above every name. So God gave him a name that is above every name. Just like we went through this whole class, St. James. That name that is above every name cannot be Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ was a title that identified the reason why he came. We just show you men. At least three men we showed you. That had the same name because the name Jesus is the Greek and Latin translation of Joshua, which means salvation. What did Christ come to do? Jesus Christ, which means anointed savior. He came to do what? Save his people. He let us know to that end I was born. He came to do what he said he was going to do. Save his people from their sins. As it says in Matthew chapter 1 verse 21. So when God the Father gave him a name that's above every name. What is that name? 
is it Hashem? That just means the name. Is it Elohim? That means powers. Is it Adonai? That means Lord. Those are titles. Jesus Christ has many titles. Isaiah 9 and 6 shows you how many titles he has. The everlasting father, the prince of peace. He's also known as the king of kings. The Lord of lords. The anointed savior. Read on. Verse 10. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Of things in heaven and things in earth. So is that you know that is identifying who is the one that has the name above every name, which we know it can be Jesus, but it's identifying who that individual is that has that name that's above every name. Who's the one that has the name above every name? Jesus Christ. Read on. And things under the earth. And that and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Is what? Is, is Lord. Lord. Is that it on that? No, sir. Go ahead. To the glory of God the Father. Ooh, I like that right there. To the glory of who? God the Father. Glory of God the Father. Is that it on that? Yes, sir. Let's go from there to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20 and 21. The name above every name. What is that name? That is the almighty YH. WH. That is the Tetragrammaton, the four greatest letters to ever be compiled. That is the name of Jesus Christ. For you to know that name, you have to know the full pronunciation of that name. Israelite Church of God and Jesus Christ. Read. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20 and 21, which he wrought in Christ. When he raised him from the dead. What did, what did God the Father do? He was wrought in Christ. He raised him from the dead. Jesus Christ is the firstborn of many that's to come back. He sparked the whole thing off. Because he did what? St. James, he defeated death. When he came on the earth, he didn't only come to die for the children of Israel for their sins, but he also came to do what? To get rid of the biggest enemy, St. James. What is the biggest enemy that was plagiarizing the children of Israel? Death. What did he come to do? He defeated death. How did he defeat death? By dying for the children of Israel and coming back from the dead. This is why it's no strange thing that within the nation of Israel, we know that people will come back from the dead because Christ already did it. Once Christ did it, when he came back, as soon as he came back, St. James, other people came back that lived during that time and resurrected right. back. And lived a regular life. He just got up and just went and lived a regular life. Other people was like, oh, snap, where you at? Oh, I'm back. <laughs> Why was they back? Because Christ was back. The firstborn of every creature. He came back. And that power was in him. So we know that the disciples were doing it. They was resurrecting the dead. The disciples themselves, like Paul, he died. He came back and continued preaching the word of God. So we know that's a reality. In a fact. So there's not a strange doctrine that we know that people will come back. And that's that happened in this time. Christ said that in this time that the works that we do is going to be greater. Mm -hmm. Get ready because it's coming. Is that it on that? No, sir. Continue, please. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead 
and set him at his own right hand mm. in the heavenly places. Ooh. Come on. Far above all principality. Christ is what? He's far above all principalities. Remember, he created principalities. Colossians, the first chapter tells you he created principalities. Okay, he created the spirits. He created the angelic forces. Even Satan. For y'all that don't know that. Read on. Far above all principality and power and might and, and might. dominion. And dominion. He's above all that. He created all that. Christ said that when he was getting ready to pass away, he said to give him back the seat that he had when he was there with him. He asked that. He asked God the Father to give him his position back that he had when he was originally in heaven. And you see that, that he got that and greater and more. Read on. And every name that is named. You see that? Not only in this world. He gave him every, he's above every name that is named. Not only in this world. Read on. But also in that which is to come. That means that name that he has, no one. No one, St. James, will have that name. That name can be the names we just went over. That name can't just be the title that he has because he has a name that's above all names. That is name. What is that? The YHWH. The almighty YHWH. The Tetragrammaton. Is that it on that? Yes, sir. Let's go back to Romans chapter 10 and let's go back to verse 13. We got to end it off with that. So we went through this whole season, St. James, to show you how you got to, you have to get yourself together. How the grace of God, how in order for you to save your in order for you to be saved, you have to save yourself. That you have to be reborn again. That you have a road to salvation. That you have to know what baptism is and that it's just not water. He showed you all these things to get you to this point right here. Romans chapter 10, verse 13. Read. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. Stop. We already identified whosoever is. That is whosoever amongst the children of Israel that calls upon what? The name of the Lord shall be saved. But in order for you to call upon his name, you have to know what his name is. What is his name? The name that is above every name that is named. Because it tells you in Acts 4 and 12 that there is, there is no salvation under no other name, St. James, mm -hmm. that you're going to receive salvation. Jesus Christ is the title and we Call him that because we're able to call him that and we recognize that. But he has a name that's above every name. That's a gift to the believers that can call upon him when they're going through distress, dangers, and for salvation. In order for you to get to that point, you have to be in the Israelite Church of God and Jesus Christ. You guys should be running and knocking down the doors of the Israelite Church of God in Jesus Christ. And I mean that spiritually because you need to come in. The time is now. Um, um, we're getting ready to go into um, pretty soon in a few weeks. Um, the next season and the next season for a lot of people that you don't realize is going to be extremely scary. Why? Because the time is now. For all of you that's alive today, do you see what's happening? You see what we're leading to? Um, it's time. Sin is running wild. 
his time is coming to an end. In order for his time to come to an end, he has to establish his kingdom fully. No more playing around, no more deception. Come out in the open. Worship me or die. That's what Satan is getting ready to do. Your only escape for your life, your everlasting life, is to come to the Israelite church of God in Jesus Christ. St. James, please end it off and let us know exactly what's coming and your words of wisdom, please. Man, so you, you, you teed up like that. Um, <laughs> I don't have my own words of wisdom, so it's only do what we have learned so beautifully from the Holy God sent comfort, Holy Apostle, and Chief High Priest Sazadakia. And that was one of the, the main messages he was letting us all know. Um, it's because the time is so short, because there's so much evil and so much negativity that's there. Um, you all think that the coronavirus is something. I mean, that's 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 not even that's that's not even a plague from God. But this is why it's so important that we have to understand that it, it's time to repent and come back to God, because without that, that's the only way you're going to make it in these times that we're coming into now. That's right. Very well said, St. James. And like I said, we're getting ready to go into some extremely, extremely, extremely hard time. The time of Jacob's trouble, but we will be delivered out of it. In order for it to get good, it has to get completely bad. And that's the time we get in. That's the time we're not going in. That's the time we are already in. Right. But it's starting to escalate very, 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 very much. And, um, the time that we end within the decade of 2020 to 2030, we're going to start explaining what that is as it, as the prophecies was given to us. We're going to be revealing those to you and we see it. We knew this before. We knew it. St. James, we knew this going back to 2016, that things was going to be the way it is right now. And it is happening exactly so. Right. And it is right on the money. Nothing is a coincidence. Everything is right on time. So that means that the deliverance is coming soon. And if you ain't get yourself right by then, when that deliverance comes, even though it's going to get hard for us, but that deliverance is eventually going to come, you have to be ready to be delivered. Because if not, then you're going to get caught up with everybody else and face the judgment. You think that the rulers of darkness is going to be bringing some stuff? Because they're bringing some stuff. Wait till you see the judgment of God for the wickedness that's on this earth. And this is what we've been trying to prepare you for. What's getting ready to come? These, we're not playing around here. We're not doing this show just to sound good. This is our job, to preach the word and to warn the people as we have been ordained to do and taught and trained to do. It's about to get real in here. St. James, thank uh, you very you much. Said, yeah, thank you, sir. I think you said it very well, sir. And beautiful understanding that's taught and brought by the Holy God and come from the Apostle and Chief High Priest Azadaki. and as always sir it's a pleasure and an honor to be here with you tonight that's right thank our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for the truth thank God for the Holy God and comfort us and us the prophet of God the Father that was to bring everything back to our remembrance the only ones that could teach like this is because we have been trained by the prophet that was dealing directly with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and has brought everything back into our remembrance um, the days are getting evil until the next time we bid you Godspeed make your way to the Israelite Church of God in Jesus Christ and with that we say Shalom peace but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery I want you to understand it. it's a mystery we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery
because it is given unto you. Read on to know the mystery. Mystery, even a mystery. Hit the ages through history. Generations, but now is made manifest to his saints, the nation. Victory. You're listening to, listening to, to mystery. Now, since Mysteries of the Bible has been on the air, uh, our main goal was to establish truth according to God. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.